and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. So hello, everyone. Today's guest is Kim McCall. And I think you're going to find this conversation really interesting because I find him to be very much a seeker like me and all of you. We're going to be talking about what is a multidimensional what is multidimensional evolution? I've also learned a new term. Let's see if I can pronounce this right. But we are going to talk about the principles of conscienciology and the really cool story about how we came to meet Kim is he found our podcast um, that we did with William Buhlman quite a while ago and he had never heard of the Path 11 podcast or our films and he ended up blogging a post on bringing consciousness to the process of dying and was talking about what he had learned um, in William Buhlman's podcast and his um, he is also an author and we're going to have him talk a little bit more about his book. But he's also a seeker, and he is studying consciousness and looking at the various out-of-body states. And I know that you guys love this type of topic. So let's get uh, Kim on the call. Kim, welcome. Hi, April. Thank you for having me. Yes, I feel like we have so many different uh, ways to go in this podcast to and when, as talking about consciousness and things like that. But I really love from your blog post on your website about how you talked about your personal experience that kind of really opened you up a bit to uh, want to go into studying more of this consciousness studies. And so I'd like you to kind of share with our listeners how this all really started for you. Well... I guess, um, I mean, how it really started for me was with a lot of struggling in my life, in my younger years, teenage years and early 20s, um, feeling really stuck in life, um, drinking a lot of alcohol, probably feeling quite depressed and looking for something, but not really quite sure what I was looking for, and then being introduced to meditation. And... Um, so that sort of happened at the same time as I went to, to university um, and I started meditating and that had a really quick, um, very profound impact on my whole understanding of reality. Like it really um, turned my world upside down because for whatever reason, um, very quickly after starting meditating, I started experiencing a lot of things I hadn't experienced before, including energies, subtle energies, you know, the energies of our chakras, of our energy system, um, perceptions of non-physical people, uh, non-physical presences around me. Um, and there was this very intense period of probably, I'd say, a good, two to, good couple of years where I, I went through as a stage, which I suppose uh, people have called like a spiritual crisis, um, I think Stanislav Groff talked about that sort of thing, where I, um, you know, went through a period of thinking maybe I was going crazy, uh, finding comfort in different spiritual approaches, but not necessarily explanations. So I was very drawn to Buddhism in the beginning because the meditations worked really well for me, but I didn't get any understanding for all these things that were happening to me, all these perceptions. Um, which then also started including things which I didn't know but at that stage, but which were out-of-body experiences. Um, so finding myself separate from my physical body, coming back from, you know, what I call dreams at that stage, but they were so tangible and, and having very tangible experiences with, with people. Um, but I didn't have – I hadn't studied anything at that stage, so this was all just coming out of meditating and um, – uh, trying to you know bring meditation into sleep, for example, um, and uh, yeah, then you know I started looking for answers, so Buddhism for a while. But as I said, it didn't really give me the answers. And then I came across um, this discipline, I suppose you could call it, uh, called conscienciology, 
which is uh, really a framework for understanding consciousness that was created in Brazil by a consciousness researcher called Valdo Vieira, very prolific author and also very prolific experiencer of out-of-body states. Uh, he wrote a lot about that, and it was through really at the end of my university years coming across his work that uh, just gave me a paradigm to understand what was happening for me. I actually had had words to describe these experiences. And, you know, since I've discovered there's lots of other people that have written about these things, but I just didn't have, I just didn't, for whatever reason, didn't come across people like Robert Monroe or things like that until much later. So for me, it was really Valdiviera's work. And then I, I was so taken by it that I went to Brazil uh, after I finished university and spent a year studying at his uh, center at the time. It was in, in Rio de Janeiro. Okay. Great. Thank you for that. Now, um, can we talk a little bit, too, about the consciousness vehicles of manifestation? I was uh, saying to you before we started recording that I loved um, the chart that was on your website talking about the soma, psychosoma, and mental soma. So maybe we can move into that area a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I really appreciated about the conscienciology approach is it's very clear about how things work together Um, and it tries to use sort of uh, use a language that doesn't get there's a lot of mixed upness in the language if you look at you know the, the spiritualist tradition and the theosophical tradition and the anthroposophical tradition and the hindu tradition um, people use different terms sometimes to mean the same thing or sometimes use the same term to mean different things um, and so through this 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 i suppose the creation of a new discipline valdo was able to kind of label things in a new way and set it out quite clearly and he draws a lot on on latin and greek terminology to create a, a quite technical terminology and so he talks so what we're looking about what you're talking about there is the chart that shows the the vehicles of consciousness so the idea is that when we talk about consciousness in this in this context uh, we are all consciousness consciousness is our our individuated identity i suppose you could say some kind of some kind of essence that manifests through these different vehicles and right now we're alive in a physical in the physical sense in a physical body so that is one of the vehicles of consciousness it is not consciousness itself consciousness isn't isn't in our understanding consciousness isn't created in the body even though you know science keeps looking for it in the body but it it uses the body so the the body is is a vehicle and then when we which, and so Valdo used the word soma, which is the Greek Greek word for, for the physical body. And when we leave the physical body in an out-of-body state, we do so in a, in a subtler body. People call it the astral body, but in this framework it's called the psychosoma. And psychosoma in this context means emotional body. So from the Greek from the Greek context, the psychosoma is the emotional body, and that's the name. Essentially, that is where the emotions reside. And one of the issues that people uh, experience, one of the things that, if you look, look at the out-of-body literature, one of the big kind of hurdles to overcome is to to manage your emotions when you're in that state. And that is because it is the emotional body. And then the the, the final body. I should say the other thing about the, the psychosoma is that it's essentially a replica of the physical body it looks like the physical body for most of us when we experience it uh has a head and arms and so on so it's 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 very familiar and that is essentially because it's created by our conditioning our mental conditioning it doesn't actually have to look like that and when we become aware of it we can change the shape we can change our appearance and a lot of us actually change our appearance in the psychosoma um, based kind of unconsciously based on our own self-image so as as we age we often find that the the psychosoma the, the the spirit body let's say doesn't age and you find yourself or you meet people i had the experience of meeting one of my university uh lecturers 
back in the day who looked a good 20 years younger when he was out of the body. Um, so, yeah, so that's the psychosome. And then the third body that we look at in conscienciology is the mental body or the mental soma. And the mental soma is not a body in the, in the usual sense, so it is really formless. Um, it's sometimes perceived as a just like a point of, a, of consciousness and sometimes in the experience that you refer to April on my on my blog where I, where I talk about an experience if I have of leaving the physical body and manifesting in the mental body it I didn't have a sense of a body I just had a sense of a vast expandedness of, of, of being this vastness but um, nonetheless as far as we are you know, understand it's still a form of energy. It's very, very subtle, um, but it is still a body in which consciousness manifests. And um, yeah, I guess you know this is kind of the layeredness. Now, in, in some disciplines, there is many other bodies. I, I think there are disciplines that talk about seven bodies and twelve bodies and so on. But um, I, I think a lot of that comes comes down to. Yeah, each of these bodies can be at a range of subtlety. So you can be in a in the psychosoma and still carry more dense energy, or you can be in the psychosoma and be very, very subtle and have a very expansive state. And there's a whole gradients of, of, of frequencies, I suppose, in which we can manifest in these subtle bodies. And I, I think that is why in a lot of in some of the sort of esoteric traditions, people then um have interpreted that as there being these multi multitude of bodies. Great. Thank you for kind of taking us through all three, because I think that will really help as you and I continue to have a conversation moving forward in different ways that we can experience these types of bodies. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, the other thing that I uh, found interesting was kind of your second blog post uh, afterwards, which is about kind of coming here on earth with a purpose or knowing your purpose and trying to serve that uh, out on earth and you talked about that there is a planning process that that if we are kind of know and connected to that then we know for sure that we kind of planned that before we came here on earth can you talk a little bit more about that yeah absolutely well i mean that's ultimately you know the most important thing to do in life right like i think Obviously, out-of-body experiences uh, might be a part of that, and, and ex ex sort of expansive states of consciousness might all be a part of why we're here. But ultimately, the reason why we're here is to complete the purpose that we gave ourselves before we came here. You know, to fully live our own plan that we ourselves gave us. So that's the biggest purpose. So to connect with that is really one of the best things we can do for ourselves. Um, and uh, there is kind of I think the, 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 the blog post you're referring to um, relates to this particular idea of a concept called the intermissive cause. So the word intermissive here refers to the fact that it relates to the period in between lifetimes. It's the intermissive period. So, you know, we have a life in a physical body and then we die and we leave that physical body and then we have a life without a physical body. So we're in the, in the non-physical or extra-physical world and that's from the physical point of view, that's the intermissive period, right? Where we prepare ourselves for the next for the next life. So, during that time, um, lives are planned, and that happens at a whole range of different levels. Um, for some of us, there's a lot more compulsion in place. So, you know, depending on your sort of karmic. Uh, trajectory and your your own karmic history there might just be certain things that just have to happen and a person might not have that much choice around a certain life um, but then other people are you know, already planning their their particular relationships that they want to resolve or move on with or um, particular tasks that they want to accomplish in this world and then there are uh, those of you know those of us who have kind of got roles to play that somehow assist and contribute to a bigger a bigger group of people than just their immediate kind of small karmic group, and 
I suppose I should just add, you know, in that in that in that context, as far as the concept of evolution is concerned, I think the the role of assistance is really the key, being serving serving other consciousness, you know, serving the collective the collective good seems to be the driving force of our own of our own growth. So the bigger our projects get, the more planning they need. It's you know, it's pretty common sense in a way. It's like planning a big project um, here in life. If you have a if, it's a if it's a big project with lots of moving parts, you have to involve a fair amount of planning. So that's where the intermissive course comes in. You know, if we have um, like you know, with your podcast, for example, I mean, you're playing a role here. You're connecting people from all across the world to 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 help help them in their life and and uh and you you know bringing people into talk and you're bringing the audiences together and uh, those are those are important projects so those are the kind of situations where there's a pretty good likelihood that you would have planned uh this as, as part of your as, as part of your existential program so your program in this existence of life and so in these intermissive courses it's essentially like a, a you know a university preparation for for this life you you study what it's like to live a human life again and how to live it in a way that you can be both you know really integrated in the human life and connected to the multidimensionality of life because that's a real key a key balance to strike um you know to live a to live a su- successful physical life that has that that bigger dimensional awareness. Yeah, and um, in, in our last documentary that uh, Mike and I made, it was called The Path Evolution, and it was really uh, taking off of Tom Campbell's uh, theory of everything. And one of the things that yeah. he really hits home in his theory is that we either evolve or de-evolve. And I saw you kind of say that in a couple of different ways on your website, and that the whole point of why we are here is to evolve the quality of our consciousness. And he says Mm. we are here to evolve more towards love. And I hear you saying, Mm. you know, pretty much the same exact thing. There was also somewhere that I read on your website about can we speed up our evolution? (laughs) You know, where we're just kind of like, for those of us who, I I don't want to say that we're trying to reach the state of enlightenment, because I don't know if there truly is an actual state, because I, I think that once somebody is maybe at that place there's still room to continue to go and expand you know i don't think it's it yes. ever stops at enlightenment per se yes um but you know as someone who is a seeker and on the spiritual path i you know in the past couple of years have had some really cool experiences that i definitely feel have moved me a little step closer to feel a little more evolved and moving more towards uh being a more loving person and Mm. and and all of that and then i want more like i want more information i want to study more i want to have more of these experiences to not necessarily be in a rush to speed up evolution because like william buhlman says we have all the time in the world there's there's nothing to rush towards in a sense but it just feels so good when you can feel yourself and your consciousness moving into a greater state of understanding in life um and then sometimes you move into another understanding and the stuff that you didn't understand before just kind of makes a little more sense so how are what what would you suggest to our listeners who maybe are looking to have some of these really extraordinary life experiences and playing with the the dimensions of reality how can one maybe start the process in a little bit of a speedy manner Hey, in a little bit of a sorry, in a speedy manner. Yeah. You say? Yeah. Like, what, what would you say with with everything that you've been studying and practicing? Mm. Like, if people really are kind of like, well, how do I begin? Um, you know, I know a lot of people would say like meditation is the door, but so many people get hung up on thinking that they're not good at it. I don't have time for it. Um, but I don't know. What would you say can kind of yeah. help a person maybe speed up their evolution a little bit? Well, I mean, look, there's a few things in what you said, you know, um, uh, as you say, like, I really like what you said around how it's always, you know, you, you have certain insights and you think you've, you've broken through something and you probably have in that moment. And then 
you know, five months later, a month later, two years later, suddenly you've got this other new perspective on life and everything's changed again, right? And that's that seems to be part of the part of the process. And as you say, I mean, I, I, I very much agree um, this concept of enlightenment uh, seems to me to be, um, I don't know, I don't find it helpful because I feel there's always another, always more expansion and, and yes, and towards love, you know, expansion towards love. And so in that level, that, that can happen at every level, you know, that can happen uh, in the in the small spending time with your with your with your son or your daughter or your you know your parent or your grandparent um or just sitting and really taking in a tree you know being really present going to the ocean and just connecting with how the water in the ocean has come from a river has come from a source you know has been a raindrop like connecting with the connectivity of life um that's 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 a process towards uh uh towards evolution to understand ourselves as being connected with with everything around us um doing our job well uh you know being present to everybody we meet uh to the best of our ability that's a big part of evolution and um Definitely, I think energy is, a, is is really it's really huge. So, gaining control over our our own energy and being able to make a positive energetic contribution in the world around us, which essentially is based on our the thoughts and emotions that we emanate as we go through life. So, you know, bringing ourselves to a state of of equilibrium and and harmony and, and positive thoughts and emotions. That's that's a huge thing. But it can't be done, um, like there's no shortcuts there in the sense that you, you can't be that if you haven't actually delved into the other things that are present. So, you know, the anger we carry, the hurt we all carry, everybody carries hurt at different levels. We're all traumatized, really. Um, humans, as far as I can tell, we all have experienced trauma in some way, even if it's just our our birth, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, most of us carry a lot more than that, and those things need to be really acknowledged and and worked through. And so, yeah, for me, there's been kind of a bit like a. I feel like uh, there's been these cycles within cycles which seems to be the the drive of evolution in a sense. Like uh, I think as I, as I said at the beginning, you know, I started um, with a lot of inner inner struggles and turmoil and, and um, uh, you know, as I mentioned, depression and those kinds of feelings. And then I discovered this spirituality and I, um, I really – I really love the expanded states of consciousness I could access through meditation. And it gave me, you know, it gave me, it certainly gave me a level of peace I hadn't experienced before, but it was also a bit, a bit superficial in a way. And then after a while it became, I guess, a kind of bypassing. I think that's a big trap for people who, um, well, for anybody who, who delves into the, the spiritual dimension of life, the transcendental dimension, is it is so powerful and it is so lovely and it does feel like it is our true nature when we have those um, those deep experiences of consciousness where we go, this is my real self, you know, this blissful state, this deep state, this timeless state, um, then it can lead us to, I guess, forget about the the hurt child that we carry within us or that that human aspect of ourselves and i fell into that trap for sure for for um quite a few years until i had a until i had a family really and that really helped me sort of get back to down to earth a bit um having children and managing all that so that's probably not quite answering your question. I feel I've gone a bit sideways and round in circles, but I guess I, I'm trying to convey the sense that it's um, very multifaceted. So 
you know, I, I talked about multidimensional evolution. When I, when I wrote the book, Multidimensional Evolution, I was really thinking about the, the, the fact that there are these multiple dimensions in which we manifest that we just talked about before with the soma and the psychosoma and the mental soma. But as the time has gone on, I feel that that term really applies to the, so many different levels as well at which we, at which we need to grow, you know, to live a, to live a full human life so that you have your your human relationships and your friendships and your family and your job and you connect with whatever you want to call you know the biggest reality that we all that we're all a part of at the same time so yeah i have found that my experiences in the non-physical whether it's my my dream state my out-of-body experiences that i've had uh, the healing sessions that i have with clients uh, my meditations going to certain trainings and having my own little um, light bulb experiences what i feel that those do is that they have made me a better person in the physical i feel like i've been able to take those really extraordinary experiences and then i'm always trying to figure out okay now that i have this information i know this and i understand energy and i understand consciousness how do i use it better in the human body being here you know and how to make my experiences the experiences that i have with others a better experience than it was yesterday you know but i really kind of use those those really just experiences that don't have any words but there's more of a knowing and trying to put it to action while i'm in the physical Mm. Mm. yeah i agree and i mean it also i think having that depth when you when you gain that depth of knowing yourself to be you know that timeless aspect of yourself or that aspect that transcends this lifetime um I, i really find that now to be you know a great source of of patience for example of acceptance and of, of just helping me look at my relationships with people in my life in a in a more holistic way you know when i have when i look at my kids or my friends or people i people i meet through you know passing interactions that work and so on I, I'm, I always have in my mind what is our relationship really you know what is our relationship beyond this appearance right now right. where have we met before and also what do i want to leave for the future you know for our like i want to leave our relationship better whatever it might have been in the past um i want to sow seeds for for the next time we meet again Right, <laughs> exactly. Now, I know that you had mentioned that you would like to offer the audience a little practical energy exercise during the podcast. So I wanted to give enough time for us to do that. And uh, so would you like to lead me and yeah, the audience absolutely. into that? That would be lovely. Um, can you give me a sense of how much time we've got for that? So I'll set a timer and then I'll um, keep keep an eye on that so you can relax and and join in. Okay, yeah. Why don't we say um, about fifteen uh, about fifteen minutes, and then that way we can leave some time to process the experience. Okay, that sounds really good. Okay. All right, all right. Well, I'll um, I'll start the timer now, and I'll just give the explanation as part of that. So, um, so yeah, I suppose we should say that uh, if you are listening to this while you're driving, then please do not do this exercise because it will, it is a bit like a meditation um, and it might induce a slight alteration of of your awareness. So this should only be done by people who are, you know, listening at home or sitting on a train, that's fine. Um, But not necessarily if you're in control of, or definitely not if you're in control of a vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And um, what we're going to do here is we're going to work with a body we haven't talked about yet, which is the energetic body. So the energetic body is, uh, I mean, most people listening to this podcast would probably be aware of this or have a sense of it, but it's, it's the body we work with when you do Tai Chi or Qigong. It's the, the energy, the, the, the body that is constituted of the chakras and the meridians. Um, and in the context of the, the vehicles of manifestation, it's kind of like the intermediary or the, the, you could almost say like the glue between the physical body and the the psychosoma, the, 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 
subtle body. It, it seems to function as a kind of form of communication um, between them, an interface in a way. And, uh, you know, when we have the out-of-body states, for example, when people talk about silver cord and the out-of-body states, that's formed by these, by these energies of the, the energetic body. But it's also very much the body of the physical dimension. So, so all interaction in life is energetic, uh, whether it's with people, whether it's with places. You know, if you go somewhere, like energy, is your, your intent in a way leads and energy energy then um follows so you know you're thinking of you're thinking of someone your energy's already gone towards that person if you're in your mind you know you're walking towards a place your energy's already arrived there um so it's really very very important i would say to to bring awareness to our energetic body it's it's a part of us that we neglect for the most part you know we go to the gym and we work out um but we don't work out our energetic body and so this exercise that we're going to do now is essentially like a mini a mini workout for the energetic body and it's something that you can do uh, by yourself um and really, you can do it at any time. So right now, we're going to do it because for a lot of you, it's probably going to be the first time. I'm going to encourage you to, you know, relax yourselves and so on. Close your eyes. But you can do it. Uh, eventually, you can do it when you're standing in a queue or when you're sitting at your desk or any of those kind of situations. Um, all right. I might say a few more things about it afterwards, but we might just get into it. So right now, I'd encourage you to just whatever, wherever you, you know, if you're sitting down, if you're standing, that's okay too. If you're sitting down, just whatever you're doing, just bring your awareness to your physical body. And close your eyes. You don't have to, but for a lot of people that helps. And just take a couple of deep breaths. Bringing your awareness to your body as you do so. You're relaxing the body on the out-breath. And now, see if you can extend your awareness just a little bit beyond the limits of your physical body. reaching out with your awareness for your energetic body which permeates the physical body and extends just a centimeter or two beyond it and you're now just going to use your mind you're just giving mental instructions. There's no movements. There's no visualization required. All you're doing is setting the intention for the energies of your energetic body to accumulate around the top of your head. Place your awareness in that area around the crown of your head. and maintain the firm intention for energies to accumulate there. having your awareness at that area around the crown of your head. Express the intention for this accumulation of energies to start moving down through your head, 
through your neck in your own time all the way through your torso and body and legs all the way to the bottom of your feet just take your time and follow the energy through your body when you get to the bottom of your feet bring it back up all the way to the top of your head and we'll just keep doing that so in your own time bring the energy from top to bottom and from bottom back to top just keeping your awareness on the movement If you ever feel like you've lost it, just start over again. And even if you're not sure if you're feeling anything, just focus your intention. You definitely have an energy body. Everybody does. Sometimes it just takes us a while to get to know it again. See if you can speed up the movement a bit. You don't want to be linking it to your breath because we're wanting to go, we're going to get quite fast. So it's just an independent movement of energy up and down through your whole body. Notice that the energy penetrates your entire body. So as you're moving it through, it's going through all the organs, going through your arteries and blood vessels, activating the energy in every part of your body. Now, it might be that there are certain areas where you definitely have a sense that you can feel the energy and then others, you can't really feel it. Or maybe it feels blocked. And if there are areas like that, I encourage you to spend a little bit of extra time there. And lovingly, yet firmly, see if you can push the energy through those areas. See if you can speed up the exercise even more. Containing your awareness.
see if you can speed it up even more. What we want to reach now is something we call the vibrational state. This is where your up and down movement becomes so fast that in the end it's just one single vibrational system. So your entire energetic body vibrates as one. So keep moving the energies up and down as fast as you can and see if you can get to that vibrational state. awareness, maintain your focus on your energies, register any sensations, at this point you should have reached your maximum, if not for the last little bit move the energies just through your intention just through intention your desire increase your frequency your vibratory level to your maximum whatever that is right now Now gradually reduce the intensity of this exercise. And in your own time, come back to your physical, normal physical awareness. you going April I'm good <laughs> that was fun that was a lot of fun for me I'm a very visual person so it was um, very easy for me to get there in the very beginning I actually had to pull my my energy back because I shot all the way outside of, okay of my place and then when you were like okay bring your energy to the top of your head I was like oh wait a second I'm I'm outside oh, enjoying I'm the sun right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was up and out, but that, but as soon as I did that, um, what was interesting, I had a lot of physical sensations. My entire physical body became very cold. Then the top mm -hmm. of my head became extremely warm. So I was noticing, uh, temperature differences. And then eventually when I lowered the energy into the body, still the exterior the physical body was cold, but the energy moving had this warm sensation. Um, then I noticed as I was moving it up and down, um, it began to have a really interesting flow to it. It, it almost felt, uh, at first it was just kind of up and down and I was sending it down through my spine and then it was splitting out through my legs and my feet and then coming back up and kind of had a very strict pattern. And then as yeah. more time went on, it felt like circuitry. It was you know, like spreading down, but then spreading out throughout the arms and passing from one 
uh, like fingertip to the next to the other hand, and it almost felt more like a web, even though it was Ooh. kind of inside. So I felt it inside and outside and connecting down at my feet. And then the very last part, um, the vibrational state, that was interesting. I wasn't quite able to get there to feel the vibration, but I was able to visually see the energy around my body um, vibrating, but I didn't have the physical sensation. But I think with practice for myself, I would probably be able to um, maybe get there. On, oh, definitely. On you definitely. You, you would definitely be able to get there. Um, yeah, anybody, every, everybody can get there. It's just a matter of practice. Yeah, and what I like, too, is that we're not using any hemi-sync music. There's no binaural beats. Um, you know, that was just a really, uh, like, simple meditation, and a lot of people try to reach that vibrational state. I hear so many out-of-body explorers, they just want to feel that, and then they know that they can go. Um, so I kind of like the simplicity of giving people these tools to imagine that, to sense it, to feel it, and um, and just try to get there, as we said, maybe speeding up the process a little bit. And I think people will probably go back and listen to this over and over again. I know I will to help myself practice and, and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, that's lovely. I mean, uh, it sounds like you you perceive a lot. You know, you obviously have a lot of sort of subtle subtle perceptions. But um, the the interesting thing with this exercise is, you know, you're you're alluding to the out of body kind of vibrations, which which is true. That is a definitely a feature of it. And you can use this. This this can be an out of body technique. But for me, it was actually really ground like like life changing in terms of my in body experience. So mm. uh, before I went to before I went to Brazil, I was very um, much affected by energies. Um, you know, once I started meditating and I sort of opened myself up to that whole sense sensitivity, I was really overwhelmed a lot by just by, by crowds, by people. Didn't have to be anything bad, you know. It's just people basically because we, every, we everybody carries energy, and I just struggled with um, experiencing that. And um, then, you know, I went to Rio de Janeiro, which is a pretty intense plays at the best of times and um and there i learned i learned this and it really helped me to just be able to go through life you know so i think you know people who are especially people who are like empaths and, and sensitive generally um you know, often struggle with energies and this this can definitely help if yeah. you build it into your life if you build it into your life so then it becomes something you do you know not just as a meditation once a day but you do it like i said before you know as you're walking around the town or as you're uh, sitting at your desk you know you, you develop the ability to to move the energies and and just constantly it's like you're constantly looking after yourself you know it's constantly maintaining your equilibrium exactly one of the best things that tom campbell um said that when i was in one of his i don't know what it was i was either interviewing him or in one of his trainings but it really helped my meditation practice um he said similar to what you're saying he's like when you learn how to meditate laying down with your eyes closed he goes then sit up and learn how to meditate while you're sitting you know with your eyes closed mm, and then mm. learn as you learn how to meditate when you're sitting with your eyes closed then learn how to meditate with your eyes open while you're sitting and then when you got that then start learning how to meditate while you're walking you know and and that was like, oh, wow, I never even thought about meditating while I was walking or just mm -hmm. like you said, like doing it no matter where you are. And as you begin to embody some of those practices and let go of some of your rules around them, right? Because I think a lot of people think, okay, if I'm going to do this, I do need to kind of be laying down or let me get comfortable. Let me get my blankets on me, <laughs> you know, let yeah. me shut everything off. But what I Little found, rituals. Yeah, 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 the rituals, if you let go of the rituals and you really begin to practice this whenever you get a chance, I always tell my clients, the best place where I practice is in the grocery store online where I'm just standing and waiting and I bring you know energy in similar to like what you were um, demonstrating here in this exercise and then it becomes more of a part of you it's like you don't have to have a perfect environment to achieve this state or or move the consciousness into the state it just becomes a part of who you are and you can get there at any time Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, life doesn't give us perfect environments, right? So, right. <laughs> uh, 
Yes. Well, Kim, thank you so much. It was great um, to have you on the podcast. We really appreciate you also blogging about our podcast and putting up links on our website. We uh, love to help people share what they're doing. We love it when people share what we're doing. So why don't you let our listeners know where they can get your book, where they can find you on the web, and if they need to contact you or uh, would like to share anything with you, that they can do so with the following information. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find me on the web at multidimensionalevolution.com. And I do uh, try to con- connect with anybody who leaves comments on my blog posts. I really enjoy that those interactions. So I'm always happy to hear from people there. Um, you can also find some information about my book. And, you know, it's at Amazon and all the other usual places. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Kim, thank you so much. And uh, let's keep in touch. And if you have anything else coming up, reach out to us. And uh, I know that you have a podcast as well. Maybe we'll be able to be a guest on yours. That would be lovely. Yeah, I'd love to have you on April. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Kim. All right. Thanks so much. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Path 11 podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed this show. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, I'd like you to do so because we are going to start putting some content over there that is only for our Patreon subscribers. You can get content for as little as donating a dollar a month, and it could just be a one-time donation. We have other freebies over there that you can get depending upon how much you would like to donate. And again, it could be a one-time donation, or you can continue to keep your subscription on a monthly basis at that donation level, but I just put my MBT immersive experience, which was a four-day intensive meditation training in Tennessee with physicist Tom Campbell. I was listening to binaural beats, going to altered states of consciousness, having out-of-body experiences and life-changing experiences that I was able to bring back uh, for myself, for my clients, for my friends. That was just out of this world. So if you would like to listen to that, I'd like you to head on over to path11podcast.com. You're going to see an orange button that says Patreon. Become a Patreon today and you can have access to that podcast. And I would like to remind you to head on over to path11productions.com and check out the membership that we have for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. We have over 25 hours of footage with amazing speakers like William Buhlman, Thomas John, Terry Daniel, Suzanne Geisman, Suzanne Northrup, Linda Fitch, uh, Austin Wells, just a few people uh, to name off that were amazing. These workshops are just so valuable. So I think that you would really enjoy it. It's also a great thing to think about to maybe give the gift to somebody who is struggling with grief. If you are looking for resources, this is a great conference to send people to to check out. And thanks again for listening today. 